0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Let's take just a moment to remind ourselves and remember where we are in the liturgical calendar, which is the experience journey that our Lord has us on to experience Him and all of His completed and finished work through Him for our salvation. It's important to know where we are and where we're going. As he's leading us, we pass through Christmas Tide and Epiphany Tide, the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the manifestation of who he is as Savior, both to Jew and Gentile. In this last Friday night, we celebrated on the 40th day of his life the Mass for the Feast of the Purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary, also known as Candle Mass. Where our Lord is brought to the temple according to the law. And St. Simeon, blessed St. Simeon, receives Christ into his arms, his salvation, and holds God. And from holding God in his arms, proclaims that blessed great praise we have in so many of our services known as the De Dimittis or the Song of St. Simeon. That Mass is a bit of a turning of a corner for us in the liturgical calendar, because now we are truly setting our souls to journey with Christ in preparation for great and holy Lent, a great healing season for every Christian. And He's leading us there. And I tell you, this season of preparation, by the way, even next Sunday, we will have already arrived at Septuagesima, Sunday. Sunday. The first of the three Sundays we have to prepare before Ash Wednesday, before walking into Great and Holy Lent with our Lord. And then when we turn that corner, one of the things that I find every year is as we approach Great and Holy Lent, I find that the scriptures and the messages and the teachings of the fathers, they all come back to far more simplicity. It's almost like we're getting back to the basics of our faith. Getting back to the foundational things. And that is not a bad thing. Because so many times we go through the course of a year. And we get distracted and away from who we really are. And how we should really live as a new creation in Christ. And so today is a day such as that. We come back to some very foundational things of how we live in Christ. Both towards God and towards one another. All of the scriptures in Matins and the epistle reading have been from St. Paul's writing from Colossians in chapter 3. And I'm going to start actually at the beginning of that chapter, because if we don't get that, we're not going to get the other things you heard read. At the beginning of Colossians in chapter 3, St. Paul teaches us this. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on the things of this earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. St. Paul's telling us to seek the things that are above. And that word seek, again, it's one of those, it's a wonderful word in English, but it doesn't do it justice. He's telling us that with great discipline, And the help of the Holy Spirit. But with great discipline. Direct your souls. Direct your noose. Direct your minds. Direct everything in you. Toward the heavenly things. To set all of your affections. On the beauty of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the wonder of his kingdom. This is what St. Paul is saying. We're hearing from St. Paul. An actual way of living. In our practical daily life. In our Lord Jesus Christ. Because he's saying. It's, he's talking about the intentional. And I use that word specifically. Because this life of setting our attention. And everything in us. Our focus on Christ. it will It is not going to come automatically. And it's not going to come naturally. It is an intentional act. Setting our face Our souls to pursue the greater good that is Christ himself and the new person that he has recreated and refashioned every one of us to be. So we might pause for just a second listening to the words of St. Paul telling us to set all of our affections on Christ and his kingdom. We might ask ourselves in light of that request and guidance from St. Paul that when we consider our daily lives look at your daily lives. Think through just a normal day. Where is the gaze of our souls set? What do we give our attentions to? What do we offer our time to? Are we setting our affections and our time and our pursuits upon these things that are fallen, the lower things? The by the way, have no prayer of granting us contentment and peace. And when we set our affections on these things, the actual result is the opposite of that. When we lay our eyes on them and let our minds foster and grapple with all of these things that are lower than Christ and His kingdom, what's really produced in us is angst and fears and anxieties and disquietude within our soul. Or in our daily lives. Are we setting our affection on the delightful things of Christ and the delightful things of His kingdom? Letting those things run around our minds throughout our days. You know, St. Paul encouraged something very similar to this when he wrote to the church of Philippi in Philippians and chapter 4 where he taught, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, not the news, not your politics, whatever is of good report, good report, if there's any virtue, and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these things do, and the God of peace... (laughs) will be with you, meditate on them, we're here in the same language, set your soul upon them, concentrate on them, let them flood over you and let them wash over you again and again and again, considering these wonderful things. You know, this exhortation that St. Paul's giving us, it really comes down to a very simple cause and effect relationship in our days. And what do I mean by that? I'll use an example I've used many times to show you, and you'll see this in your own days. I know I do in mine. I go back to when Saint Peter and the disciples were scared to death for their life in the waves and the wind and the storms on the Sea of Galilee, in this very, very small fishing boat. And our Lord Jesus Christ comes walking out to them. They are in turmoil. They are fearing for their lives. Jesus walks out to them. Peter sees them. They fear he's a ghost. But Peter cries out, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out there to you. And Christ, which is, by the way, the very reason he came, was to bring them where he is. He says, Peter, come. And with great faith, Peter steps out of the boat. And we're told that as Peter had his face, everything within him set upon the face of Christ. What was the result? It wasn't just that he walked on water with Christ as if that wasn't enough for the day. But that while his face was fixed upon the face of Christ, in the midst of the chaos, I tell you that that man, our patron saint, was stayed at peace. Regardless of all the turmoil that was flooding around him, the man was stayed at peace because Christ, by gazing upon him, Had lifted him up and brought him to where he is. His perspective on all things. But we're also told in the same story. That when blessed St. Peter took his eyes off of our Lord Jesus Christ. And put them back onto the things that cause worries and anxiousness. That he number one lost his peace and worse. He began to struggle physically and darn near died, sinking back down, drowning again in the waters of all that that fallen creation was causing him to experience. You see the cause and effect? My friends, I tell you in my daily life, it is just like that. If I don't set my face and my gaze upon Christ when I get up in the morning and then at noon and then in the evening and before I go to bed and then at moments all throughout the day... Life's going to win. And I sink down into it. And I don't have the perspective of Christ. It's cause and effect. And this is why St. Paul is appealing to us. To set our affections upon Christ and his kingdom. Those things that are eternal. The eternal things. And from there in his epistle. I have some bad news for you. This pastor, this great apostle. Now he's going to meddle in all of our lives. Because this is what good pastors do. He's going to get specific into the things that cause, that are causing the chaos in the lives of those blessed saints in in Colossae and also in us. We also need to understand that he meddles because he loves with the love of Christ. And so he's going to tell us first things that we should put off. Those things we've had our affections set on that are destroying us and granting us a much lesser experience in life that he intends for us and he uses that word put off just like clothing take it off throw it cast it from yourself and he sums up everything he lists a number of things to put off but he sums them up by saying this put off idolatry put off your idolatry what is idolatry all of those things we love And those things that we attend to more in our lives, in our days, than our Lord Jesus Christ. Put them off. Then he starts going over some examples. He says, put off fornication. That is sexual disorder. That is all sexuality. Outside of the ordered, holy, and blessed union of holy matrimony between a man and a woman. Put it off. Don't set your affection there. Put it off he says, put off all passions. And what are passions? The things that we are drawn to and with great vigor pursue in this life, but they are not God. We make them God by our pursuit of them. Cast off of these things. And then Paul Paul goes even further. He wants us to put off certain clothing that's damaging our relationships with one another, which is bogging us down in this life. He goes to the relationships of the faithful. And he says, put off because you're losing Christ's peace because you're wearing these things. Put off anger. That is the holding of offenses, the lack of forgiveness, the unwillingness to forgive my brother, my sister, whether they be in my home or in my parish. Put off anger. Put off malice. Put off speaking words against another person to others to draw people to yourself. Put off lying to one another. I don't know if you've noticed, but all these things that he's saying to put off, he's really coming down to this. He's really telling us to put off all things that are keeping us from loving God totally. And loving one another with the love of God. That's what he's telling us. Both of which Christ says fulfills the law of God. And by our very creation in paradise, my friends, we were built. We were created to love God and from loving God become His love and love one another. It was all there in paradise. Which is why the only time you and I will find our souls at peace is when we're becoming love when we're becoming love. I have to express to you something here on the day of our annual parish meeting and our family meeting. You know, tomorrow is February 6th and it marks nine years that myself and my family have been with you in this blessed fellowship and we've all been together. My friends, I have to tell you, first and foremost, you have been an absolute blessing to the lives of myself and my wife and my children, the fellowship, the unity of this parish. Parish. We are truly blessed with this community. We need to thank God daily for it. Yes, like every family, like every community, we're going to rub each other wrong sometimes. We're going to offend one another. Okay, We're going to scrape on the nerves of one another. But there's a reason for that. It's because every one of us, myself, all of us, are sick. <clears throat> but we're in the right place. We're in the hospital where the sickness can be healed over time by Christ. But we've not had any major divisions in this church. Satan has been kept at bay by your prayers and your love for God. But at the same time, we can always grow more and more and always will grow more and more into becoming the love that God is. And so just as St. Paul mentions all the things that we must put off, he's now going to tell us things that we need to put on. And I tell you that everything that he tells us to put on, You're going to find is the very nature of Christ our God. He teaches us this. Put on toward one another tender compassions. Tender mercies. Put on kindness. Put on meekness. Remember what meekness is. I'm going to go out of my way not to offend you or harm you. And I'm also going to go out of my way rather to be a blessing to your life. That's true meekness. Put on humility. Put on forgiveness. And above all, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. All of those things that you just heard, those are the things of eternal beauty. Those are the things that will stand for an eternity. Those are the things that will keep your heart stayed at peace. And when Paul says, put these things on, you know, he's saying the same thing he said at the beginning of that chapter that we read. Seek above all things, the things that are above, the things that are good, the things that are noble, the things that are of Christ. Put those things, set your face upon them, and above all, put on love, he says. I love in Peter Craig's book, Back to Virtue, I love this statement he makes about love. He calls love the hinge of the door that every virtue hangs upon and functions properly. That's why St. Paul says, put on love above all things. Let me give you an example of how all of this, seeking the heavenly things and how we love one another, how that cause and effect happens in our real lives. And I'm going to use myself as an example. In those days or weeks... Where I have not engaged the union and fellowship that Christ has afforded to me. When I've not walked in that fellowship setting my affections first upon Him. Here's the reality. It's like I'm living upon all of you with my glasses off. And I don't see everything clearly. In my home I don't see my wife clearly. I don't see my kids clearly. And here I don't see you clearly. Because I have not engaged that fellowship with our Lord Jesus Christ. And because of that lack of clarity. I'm not going to see you clear enough to respond to you from what's really going on. I'm not going to see you clear enough to respond to you with the love of Christ like I should. But in those days and weeks where I walk in fellowship with Christ. And I set my affections upon Christ my God. And I enjoy that fellowship. The glasses are put back on. And I can see now with clarity. So that when your humanity rises. And mine is right here. I'm able to see it clearly. See where it's coming from. Pray for you. And only then. Now can I have compassion and mercy for you. Now can I be long-suffering with you. And towards you with the long-suffering nature of Christ. Christ. And above all, forgive and by the way, when my glasses are on, I'm not so dang easily offended by every blooming thing that comes my way. And that's the truth with every single one of us. And I tell you this, that the God of peace is with me and no matter what's going on around me, I am not wavering. It's reality. Cause and effect, you see it. Let's listen to Paul. And set our affections on the things eternal, Christ and his kingdom. And I promise you this, the peace of God will reign in your hearts. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.